Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you wicked women, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm that bitch, Little Leah. And over here, she's angelic and heavenly. Her name is Carla Wainwright. What's up, bitch? Well, thanks, because I, I was trying to come up with, you know, something snappy to say back, but I couldn't. So thanks. <laughs> well, I think I already did. I'm a dat bitch, and here's this bitch at yeah, one point already. I think so. so. <laughs> Good thing my brain works when I need it to. <laughs> So we're getting back down to the witchiness today, and we're going to explore the wheel of life or the wheel of the year. It's a very important roadmap of the seasons, the cycle of life, and the connection to the earth and the life around us. The wheel of life has origins in ancient Celtic and Germanic cultures who lived very close to Mother Earth's uh, cyclic rhythm. Today, the wheel of life continues to be important in the modern witch, pagan, and anyone of European descent who is interested in reconnecting with our ancient wisdom and the path of our ancestors. So, Carla, get us started. Will do, Leah. <laughs> so we've talked a lot in many uh, past episodes about how our ancestors were, of course, completely intertwined with nature and you know, nature would have been everything because their survival really literally depended upon knowledge of the changes um, in the seasons, around the moon cycles, all of those things. And just, you know, for instance, knowing how much light there would be during the day was essential, when to expect spring, uh, when to please the sun god for a good harvest, um, all of those things. And, and as you said in the intro, the wheel of life or the wheel of the year has its origins in Celtic and Germanic history. So from what scholars can figure out, that originally uh, the Celts focused on four great festivals every year, which were um, the midpoints between the solstices and the equinoxes. So not those actual seasons, but um, the midpoints between there. And then they started to include the solstices in their festivals and the equinoxes um, as a tradition that the Saxons brought in. And those were actually inherited from the Germanic peoples. So I'm not exactly sure when this all kind of came about, but there was this fusion of, of the Celtic and the Germanic um, festivals or these points that were deemed really important, and then they were brought together. And then, of course, Christianity happened, and then there were all sorts of uh, banning of many pagan celebrations. So some of the festivals became integrated into Christian life, like we have Ostara is at the Easter time, the winter solstice, you know. Christmas was probably moved because uh, Christ wasn't born in December. They're pretty sure that didn't happen, but they moved it to the solstice time because they wanted to, you know, make pagans happy. Um, and uh, and then, of course, some were not celebrated at all. So, um, but what's really interesting is that there was this kind of knowledge about some of these festivals. There's definitely was an oral history around it. There was a, a, a calendar that was found in the second century AD in France that had some information about Celtic festivals, but there wasn't really a lot recorded. And then in the first half of the 20th century, there was a real resurgence in Wiccan culture. 
and prominent Wiccans like Gerald Gardner, who was also an amateur archaeologist and anthropologist, he began to research how and when these festivals were celebrated in the past. And so then this Wheel of the Year was recreated based on the traditions practiced by the Gaelic and Germanic peoples. And so this is just super interesting. It's like we we think that this like it is really, really old. Yet at the same time, the wheel of the year that people are, are familiar with is actually pretty new in the in the visual that we're used to it today. So it merged the moon celebrations of the Celts and the sun celebrations of the Germanics. And by the 1960s, it became really very widely used in the Wiccan community. And these eight turns of the wheel really became uh, very well known and practiced. And then it became much more popularized after 1978. Um, Wiccan author Doreen Valente, she wrote a book called Witchcraft for Tomorrow. And she described these festivals in detail. And then people just took that info and ran off with it. And we've been celebrating ever since. If only we could have that influence one day, Carla. You know, it's like, we wrote this book, we did this podcast, and now all (laughs) you fuckers celebrate this or do this. Like, that's a pretty, especially like for 1978, that's a pretty big occurrence. Almost as big as like, you know, going back to the things that you said, of you know, all the festivals merging and whatnot, and even disappearing. That's crazy. And it's another reason why the 70s were so awesome. Yeah. So let's talk more about the symbolism of each part of the wheel. Yeah. The sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that'd be me. <laughs> so um, the European uh, wheel of the year, or sometimes it's referred to as the medicine wheel, is of course a circle. And the circle represents infinity, which has no beginning or end. And that represents the cycle of life and nature. Then we have the cross in the middle, which represents our visible world with the four directions, the four elements, the four moon phases, and the four seasons. And the number four is really important because it stands for stability and consistency. So we can always rely on, you know, the four directions, the four seasons, the four moon cycles, et cetera. And then that's even further divided into another four, giving us the eight spokes of the wheel. And so Then we divide this up as the festive ceremonies of the sun and the moon, and each one has its own energy and power. So when we pull that all together, the circles, there's this this merging of circles and lines, which bring together um, the balanced energies of the feminine, which would be the circular shapes, and then the masculine, which would be the linear shapes. So there's like a lot of symbolism in this image, and um, I think it was very purposely created to to bring about like all of these very important all of this very important symbology into it in um uh yeah in this like graphic representation of of how we can really celebrate nature and and connect with the earth of course it was purposeful we're not going to be like you know having a bob ross moment and being like we're just going to put a little happy bush over here i mean i'd be down for that but <laughs> Of course, there's reason behind all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So breaking down the eight celebrations. You're going to do that. (laughs) The four celebrations of the sun celebrated by the Germanics are Astara. So that's the spring equinox from March 20th to the 22nd. 
Litha, that's our summer solstice, June 20th to the 22nd. Mabon uh, is the autumn equinox from the 20th to the 22nd of September. And Yule, which is the winter solstice from December 20th to the 22nd. And then we have the celebrations of the moon. Do you want to do those? Sure. So the, these were what were celebrated by the Celts. And so um, they don't co- coincide anymore with exactly with the moon, but but they have m- like lunar symbology related to them. So we have Imbolc, which is around February 1st, and that's the celebration of new beginnings and the festival of fire and light. Beltane, May 1st which honors the fertility of the earth. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to, to Valpurgish knot. Uh, last drive in mutants will know that because two years in a row now for Beltane, we have the Valpurgish knot celebration and it's all about witches. And we just had that recently. So awesome. I, I feel like I need to know more about that. You, I, I, every time that he's done these episodes, I think of you and then I totally forget about it. And even though we use it for a hashtag for at least like a couple of weeks for jokes, go look it up. It starts with a W. I was going to say, how do you spell that? I'll get you the spelling. I have it. Trust me. (laughs) I'm sure you do. Uh, Then we have Lunasa, which is August uh, 1st to 2nd. And that takes us to the time of harvest. And it's to and the intent is to remind us of the darker times ahead, which we need to prepare for. And then Samhain, um, October 31st, November 2nd, which is the, the night um, that symbolizes a time to honor our ancestors and break, embrace the darker half of the year. And we've covered some of these important markers yes. on the, the wheel of the year in past episodes. And I'm going to link them into the show notes um, mm-hmm. for anyone who wants to learn more. We've just never done the full spectrum of the circle. That's right. That's At right. One time. So let's talk a little bit more how to use the wheel of the year. So for me, the purpose of this calendar is to really help stay connected to nature and its cycles. And, you know, no religion is needed to celebrate the wheel of the year. Like no matter where you are on the planet, who you are, what you believe in, we're all subject to nature and the power of nature and all of these shifts and things that happen, the moon, all of this. So celebrating seasonal shifts um, with festivals just really helps us connect with the spirit of our ancestors and a connection that I feel, you know, really brings me into a place of feeling very connected to our planet and the power of nature. So the way that I like to do this, like I do, I do really um, follow the wheel of the year. I mean, there's certainly, I would say the solstice and equinox are are big points for me. Uh, I'll often make an altar. um, I'll do some kind of celebration, uh, intention setting, candle ceremony. I, I usually invite my family to do that. And Fortunately, they do that pretty willingly. Sometimes I do like breathwork things on on those particular uh, points um, because I think they're really powerful energies that happen at those points. So like in the solstice, you know, we're either welcoming darkness or welcoming light. On the equinox, we have this equal, this point of balance between light and dark. And then those those other um, crosses that we have, I think those are also really powerful markers to to celebrate, like, I know you and I both, like, we love Samhain. Fuck um, yeah. Yeah, which is Halloween and uh, just these other points. And I actually kind of love that every six weeks there's something to celebrate. Yeah, I guess if you look at it like that, that is 
Because often I'm just sitting around being like waiting for the next event that I got to go work. I was always by myself 24 seven, but really you just, now I could have a a celebration on my own every six weeks if I wanted to. Yeah. And then like the cynic in me, I know that the summer solstice is a really big deal, but I actually, it bums me out. And I know I've said this in the past, but it's because then we're just going, we're creeping back to the darkness. And I, as much as I like all the jokes and I'm like my cold black dead heart and I love the darkness, blah, blah, blah. I very much, I thrive in the sunshine and, you know, being in seasons where we have less clothes to deal with. And I love waking up at 4 a.m. and the sun is out. Like I live for that shit. So, and I know it's it's a a massive celebration of the summer solstice, but yeah, I'm always like, oh fuck, today's the longest day of the year and that's it. Now we're on our way to winter. (laughs) I I agree. There's a, there's always a part of me that's like, oh man, it's all downhill from here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's the thing when you live in the North. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I like the light. I was saying to Lee earlier, like my chickens were up like at before 5 a.m. They were all excited to be let out and squawking around. So I was like, I wasn't loving the light so much this morning, but no, the cats true. are the same. As soon as it's light out, they're like, bitch, why are you not awake and letting me outside? And they're banging on the door or howling or something. And I'm yeah. like, Wanting you have a death wish. All the things. Totally, <laughs> totally. But um, yeah, I'm with you on that. However, there's still lots of stuff to celebrate. And I and I think, yeah, I we've talked about the importance of ritual and ceremony. And, and so if you know, if you wanting to feel more connected to nature, if you're really wanting to bring more of that sort of witchy ceremonial element into your life, this is a roadmap, right? And you you can, you know, you can listen to past episodes, you can look up on the internet, like there's going to be a zillion different ideas of how you can celebrate each of those markers every six or so weeks. And you know, you could give yourself like, Hey, I'm going to do this for the next year and just notice what happens. It doesn't have to be big. It could be something that takes you 10, no, 15 you minutes. You can literally make up anything you want as yep. well, as long as it has a meaning to you. It doesn't mean like, Oh shit, you didn't slip, slit a goat's neck. So your <laughs> wishes aren't coming true. No, you could go walk in the grass barefoot, you know, like yeah. you could do something as simple as that besides ritualistic murder of a goat, but <laughs> We're not recommending that, by the way. No, no. I'm still thinking about Valpurgisnath. <laughs> Is that one of those German words that's about like, you know, 50 letters long? It's really long. And I used it as a hashtag for that like whole fucking night. I just copy pasted it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um. Okay. So I guess just the the final piece that I'd like to share about the Wheel of the Year or the wheel of life is that it just has this representation of the fundamental aspect of life. And, and it just, it acknowledges the part of us and the part of nature that evolves. Like we grow and then we die and we sink back into the earth and then, you know, we're reborn again or recycled again, or new life comes through. And so life is a cycle. And, and when we connect to this wheel, we find our own unique way of flowing in the cycle and I feel like the wheel is a really important way to support you on that journey. And and just the final piece for me, which I find has been really helpful. I I think for a lot of us, like some of us are really fortunate that we have a really strong connection to our lineage and the rituals and ceremonies from our lineage, but a lot of us don't. And um, 
and I just kind of feel like connecting to that part of our ancestry, even though um, like the wheel itself may be new, but the practices are very old is a way to incorporate traditions from the past into our lives. And so if that's feeling like it's missing for you in some way, this is a great way to reintroduce that and feel more connection to, to a part of your lineage that might've been forgotten in some way. Yeah. It just makes me think about like, in quotation marks, tradition in like the 20th, 21st century, they usually come around holidays like Christmas or Easter in the form of food or the way of decorating and stuff. And so, yeah, to connect to your ancestry, like what did like my grandma's grandma used to do around these times. It would be pretty interesting to, to be able to ask those questions. So I'll, I'll have to get my Ouija board out after this to contact my grandma. <laughs> and I promise not to move it to be like secretly there moving it. So if you, you listen you to our powers. previous confessions episode, two episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that is useful. And uh, hopefully when I make the image for this episode, I get my poop in a group and, you know, we, sh- we show them what that wheel looks like. If not, yeah. we should link it somehow in the show notes um, or go Google it. Use yep. your best average to see what it looks like. I think, I think that'd be a real cool piece to have up in your house too somewhere. Totally. And, and as the, the solstice is coming up, which, you know, is a, the summer solstice for us in the north and the winter solstice for everybody in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, maybe making maybe you may be making an intention to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really move through this entire wheel of the year for for 12 months and just see what happens. Oh man, like the summer solstice is already just next month at June 20th. Like this is, and then it's going to start getting dark again. What is happening when we get older? Does shit just fly faster or what? Like, I, I, I don't know. I do feel like time feels like it speeds up. Come on, wheel of life. Slow down a bit. <laughs> I was like, that's not till August, bitch. You read the date out and said it was June. Like, <sighs> Yeah, I just had the picture of uh, prices, right? You know, when they're spinning that wheel, we just have to spin slowly. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're going to go down the rabbit hole. So we should just like end this misery now. <laughs> We're getting back to the barrel chicka wow next episode of the Radical Sex, which is when we discuss sexual liberation time to burn our bras ladies (laughs) i'm not even wearing one right now so (laughs) that's another way to do it (laughs) burn my panties i'm little leah (laughs) and i'm carla we are the radical sex witches and we will see you next time hello witchy listener it's carla here If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique radical sex witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.